welcome to this episode of the Horror Drafts Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brantley Palmer, joined as always by my fellow co-host, Mr. Nicholas Schwartz. Nick, how are you? Uh, never better. Brantley, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. And I'm doing especially great today because we are joined by a wonderful, wonderful guest. Uh, our guest today is an author, film essayist, and podcaster who has published pieces on film and television for Film Cred, Crooked Marquee, Film School Rejects, and Dread Central, among others. Uh, her short fiction has been featured in publications like The Sirens Call E-Zine, The Non-Binary Review, Punk Noir Magazine, and anthologies including Womanthology by IDW. Pizza Parties and Poltergeist, Winter Wonders, and Chromophobia, all of which are available on bookshop.org or Amazon. Uh, her novel, Wake Up Maggie, and her collections of short fiction include Never to Return Again and The Sound of Breaking Glass, all of which are also on Amazon. She's the contributing editor for CertifiedForgotten.com and the co-host of the Feminist Critique podcast, and she created and was the editor-in-chief of one of the best genre serials of all time in Paris Cinema Magazine. That wonderful publication lasted for 20 fantastic issues and gave me my first ever publishing credit. We are honored to be joined by the prolific and immensely talented Christine Makepeace. Christine, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, I'm just going to take off because I don't know if I can live up to all that. So you guys have a good one. No, you definitely <laughs> no. can. Well, My no, flubbing through that introduction is nothing compared to your amazing presence on this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Well, ha happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, that was all very nice. Uh, and I appreciate it. And yeah. mostly true, I think. Oh, it's all true. It sounded right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we are so psyched to have you on and to talk uh, haunted house horror movies. But before we get into the draft, we always like to touch in with uh, folks to see what they've been reading, watching, listening to, or otherwise consuming. And you are our guest. We will start with you, Christine. What have you been enjoying lately? Well, um, it's it is the season, so it mm. seems to be a lot of a holiday uh, films. I've yes. been been watching all all of the Black Christmases, so we have we have quite a few now. Um, I rewatched Gremlins, which you know, classic Christmas movie. Um, you just I'm probably gonna watch P two tonight. Also mm. a Christmas movie. I, I I stand by that. I will fight people on that. Uh, yeah. So just kind of getting into the into the holiday spirit, I guess. I usually do that through movies, uh, not through putting up a Christmas tree. So gotcha. it's kind of kind of where I've been. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah, that sounds great. I always forget that P two takes place around Christmas. Um, yeah. I might have to add that to. Uh, the rotation this this year <laughs> enjoy it thank you uh nick how about yourself sir um yeah no i've been mostly preparing for this podcast so i won't mm. mention too much of that um what have i seen lately i've i finally caught unbearable weight of massive talent which mm. i thought was a lot of fun um and uh <laughs> nerdy part of me i i downloaded the uh, i bought the um the i think it's called golden era it's the documentary the feature documentary on golden i007 oh. for n64 mm -hmm. which was um actually super interesting um nice. i wouldn't say that it's like a great movie and uh, you're not gonna <laughs> your mileage is gonna vary based on how much you liked video games in the late 90s but um mm -hmm. really cool very fun oh that's great yeah that's yeah. wonderful um 
for me, um, outside of uh, films for um, this this podcast, so again, ones I shouldn't mention, um, mostly I've been watching more TV lately. So um, uh, Sarah and I, uh, we just finished the newest season of White Lotus, uh, which was great. I'd say just as good as the, the first season. Uh, we enjoyed it a lot. It was uh, weird having to try to like dodge spoilers and stuff on the finale and make sure we didn't get anything ruined for us or anything. But um it's you know such a frustrating part of living in this internet age i guess the one bummer of it one among others i guess i we don't need to get into all that uh but i also um this is really sad because as a librarian um and someone who loves to read i just i don't i haven't had the time very often to actually sit down and read you know physical books most of my book consumption is audio books but i did finish um john durgan's book the cursed among us um so i finally finally finished it 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 was sad how long it took me to do that but um the problem is christine i i start the only real time i have to read is at night and then i'm so tired that i get two pages in and fall asleep so I had to really put in a concerted. I know that game. I know that game all too well. (laughs) Um, So anyway, yeah, that's what, um, that's what we've been doing. uh, Some white Lotus and, and finishing the cursed among us. So there you go. Uh, All right. Um, We will get into the draft shortly, but um, I want to check in with you, our wonderful guest, Christine. And I'm just curious if you want to talk a little bit about uh, haunted house horror movies and why you chose that as the topic uh, for this episode. Yeah, well, it is, I mean, easy answer. It's my favorite genre, um, genre of movie, genre of book, genre of ghost. It's my favorite. Um, But I guess bigger answer would be it is my favorite because I like the allegorical implications. I like what Mm. it can stand for. I like domestic horror, things close Mm. to home. And when when your home, your nest, your place is not safe and what that looks like and what it can mean. So that's great yeah and um do you have any sort of like criteria for what is considered a haunted house or and what is not does it did you have a very specific definition of what that is or i no 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 not really i guess i mean if you want to be super literal i it's a house not a building or a hotel Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> so, I mean, that's for me though. That's that's how I feel. Um, I think haunted places is a, is a, another bigger, more interesting thing. I think there's so mm. many like haunted house, like specifically houses. Um, okay. That that I, I I guess I got real specific with it. So I'm curious to see if there's going to be a lot of, uh, of outlying just haunted haunted aircraft hangar or like <laughs> I don't, something else. I'm not thinking of. Okay. Well, I, I'm, that's good to know. I mean, I, I sort of approached it that way as well. And, you know, like watching films, but also like looking at like, like just looking up lists and everything, I would see someone, I'm like, that doesn't really feel like a haunted house movie to me. Someone gets possessed in that, but that's not really a haunted house horror movie to me. So I'm curious, it sounds like your definition is the house itself is the entity that's haunted even if someone within the house gets possessed by something the house itself <laughs> so i i have i have something that i'm considering uh that Ooh. that flies in the face of that so if, okay. i think i think i think it's very i think it can be subjective and i don't know that i 
care to be super literal or strict about it. So mm. if there is somebody that's like possessed within the home, I think that's fine, especially if it manifests in classic haunting ephemera. <laughs> like if sure. you if it if it manifests that way, or still if if you know the threat is coming from inside the home, I think okay. I think we can let it pass. Oh, I'm okay. so curious what people are gonna think. I'm so happy that you picked this talk. This is my favorite subgenre yeah. also by far, yeah. um, which Brantley knows. Mm-hmm. And and like it's always interesting hearing people's criteria. Like I'm 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 my criteria, I'm sure is different than yours, than is different than the next person. Um and it's really nebulous too. And I feel like it's always shifting, but like possession, for instance, since you brought that up is so interesting because like that, that one always rides the line for me too. It's like, what are they possessed by? Mm. If they're possessed by like a spirit, I don't know. I always think of haunted houses as like the very traditional, like ghost stories. But like, if you look it up online, I saw more than one list that listed evil dead as a haunted house. Yep. And I was like, are you fucking yeah. nuts? What is this? <laughs> How? <laughs> so but maybe that's, that's again that's just me i don't know people so i'm oh, curious to see what our lists are like i had the same reaction when i would see evil dead i'm like how is evil dead a haunted house movie you know it's just the yeah, dead like a zombie movie maybe people yeah <laughs> yeah, that's about, yeah maybe maybe yeah, it's weird yeah anyway it's well this is curious well <laughs> um yeah i'll be very curious i i knew nick was gonna love this uh topic when it was chosen so excited. Um, so yes i'm very excited <clears throat> to hear both of your lists so um uh, we have uh, determined the draft order uh, before we began recording. Uh, Nick will start us off, and then it will be myself, and then Christine will go third in the first round, but we all know that means she gets that back-to-back pick because this is, of course, a snake-style draft. Um, Christine will also be the commissioner of the draft, which means she will rule with an iron fist and use her criteria to determine yay or nay if Nick or I can pick certain films. And uh, we'll see what... <laughs> <laughs> what the outcome is depending on how um we determined what a haunted house meant so without further ado uh in round one with the first overall pick nick you're on the board all right uh i'm very excited to start this off <clears throat> for a few reasons but mm. um chief among them and i hate to be boring but this has become somewhat of a tradition i think on this show uh i'm going to steal 1961's the innocence before anyone else has a chance to i'm very sorry no it was gonna go fast you knew it was fast you knew it was gonna go fast it's a recurring thing now on on this program um and i've i've said all there needs to be said about it many times on this show um i guess it's a haunted estate maybe like i don't know it's a it's a hell of a house but yeah it's still a home but yeah yeah, it's still a home yeah Um, yeah just um what do I like about it that I haven't already said? I mean, it's gorgeous mm-hmm. for starters. Um, it has, you know, I think that it's very um, clearly a haunted house. Like, it's like almost a prototypical haunted house movie in the sense that it's like the only thing that's not that doesn't fall in is it there's like the psychological aspect and there's some question as to whether it's actually haunted or this is all in her head or you know but um you know some of the most classic haunting stories um i think fall into that category where you're i mean it's up it's open for interpretation um Mm. which is why i i feel like it's it's an obvious choice um even if your reading of it is that you know there are no actual ghosts present um more than anything else, it has 
two or three of the most like chilling images that I've ever seen um, put to film. Um, and uh, yeah, I think um, like Mrs. Jessel, Miss Jessel, or who you think is supposed to be Miss Jessel, again, open to interpretation, standing in the middle of that pond is just like st sticks with me still. Um, and the first time I saw that, it was just like hair raising. Um, and that's what I look for in a haunted house movie. I mean, for some reason, ghosts scare me more than any other type of thing. Um, the idea of, of, you know, ghosts um, inhabiting a place and being visible to some people sometimes and not others. I don't know why it's always been particularly terrifying to me. And this is one that really got under my skin more than most. Great pick. Um, sure thought you were going to pick something else here, Nick, and I might be able to get that at uh, number two spot. You but will see. Uh, guess not. <laughs> <laughs> Christine, do you want to uh, discuss the innocence at all before we uh, move on? Um, I I have something on my list and I will discuss it. <laughs> I have something Sounds that good. I don't think anybody else is going to pick. So I think I'm cool. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So <clears throat> threw me for a little bit of a loop. I kind of thought I'd maybe have that one unlocked there in the first round, Nick. <laughs> um, hmm. Okay. Now looking at the list, I am going to take, I'm going to take Lake Mungo uh, for my second pick in the first round. Um, uh, I really, it, I'll be honest, it took me a little bit to warm to Lake Mungo the first time I saw it, um, but it has that structure where like the first you know, 30 minutes or stuff, it's it's really like the introduction to the family and understanding their history and everything. So it, it can feel a little bit slow before you really start getting into um, the story and the different twists that the story has. And um, cause you know, the first twist happens, you're like, Oh, okay. So it's this. And then, Oh, Oh, okay. As they keep coming along. Um, and I don't want to, I, I don't know, I guess I don't want to get into it in case people haven't seen it. Um, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's like a 14 year old movie at this point, but um, <laughs> there's different twists within the movie and it's uh, really great. And it uses that um, mockumentary, it feels weird to say mockumentary, but the documentary style of storytelling to tell the story of this family whose daughter uh, had passed away and then they start seeing her in their house, basically. Uh, and uh, it really, really solidified to me as we were, as I was watching um, films for this topic, like how much the haunted house genre, genre, excuse me, is like all about grief. Uh, there's so much within the genre of like, family members trying to get over the loss of a loved one and i'm sure that'll come up repeatedly throughout this topic and this was just um just a beautifully done film about grief uh within the the haunted house subgenre and uh that's why that's going to be my first round pick i'm mad but that's fine <laughs> <laughs> please no say your piece say your piece no, i'm sorry i stole it from you no no that's fine it's great i love that it's first round pick that's great um one of my favorite movies uh period end of story i have a lake mungo t-shirt i'm i'm all in on it i find it haunting 
terrifying. The first time I saw it, I was reduced to tears almost immediately upon like the cell phone footage reveal. If oh my you've God. seen it, mm-hmm. just absolutely wrecked. Um, and I, I've, I just, I used to make people watch it. I used to say like, hey, do you like scary movies? He, this is the one I used to hand people a DVD of it so that they would yeah. watch it. So, and now it's like much more seen, which is so great. But mm-hmm. like, if you haven't seen it, I implore you, please. It's great. Well, it is much more seen, but criminally unavailable on any format that I care to have it on. Yeah. Like I, ha- I had to get the digital version because I wanted an HD copy, mm-hmm. um, but it kills me not to have like a physical copy of that. Yeah. Well, didn't it come out like as part of like, um, it was like one of those horror series. Um, it was after dark. Yeah. Um, the Horror after Fest, dark series, which yeah. is the DVD available, but I think to get it on like Blu-ray, um, I think it's an import only at this point. I oh, haven't. Wow. Yeah, I definitely only have it on DVD, so I don't, I don't think I've seen it. Gotcha. But uh, uh, yeah, one of my probably I have cited that numerous times to to people as probably the scariest movie that I've seen in like the last ten years. Yeah. So it, amazing, it, amazing pick. It truly, really, yeah, it's really fantastic. I think it's well worth uh, the first round selection for it. I mean, I think it deserves to be up there, even though it's such a, a more modern film, I'm sure, compared to some of the other selections that might get taken. Um, but enough of me, Yamran. It's time for our guest, Christine, your first pick in round one. Well, um, very excited. My first pick is what I wanted it to be, and that would be uh, Poltergeist. I'm going. Nice. Gonna, gonna be a little classic on it. Um, Poltergeist is uh, like my favorite movie of all time. Um, it is, in my opinion, top to bottom perfect. Um, and it is scary. It's still scary. It was scary when I saw it way too young. And it's scary now um, when the gentleman rips his face off, uh, still haunts me. Um, and yeah, I think it's a classic for a reason. Great selection. Excellent pick. Poltergeist is a fantastic movie. Had it high up on my list. Very deserving of its first round choice. Nick, you want to add anything? Okay. No, totally, (laughs) totally agree. Um, This is one I actually haven't seen any of the sequels and I haven't seen the remake. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are since it was your first round Mm -hmm. pick. I have I have a lot of thoughts. Um, (laughs) The sequels are there are things that are good about the sequels but they aren't, they have nothing to do with the first movie. Um, they are all interesting exercises and, and in my opinion, different genres. Um, the, I like the third one a lot, but for, but not at all for the reasons why I like the, the act, the first movie. Um, and then I thought the remake was awful. And I really am, I'm, I am, my taste is questionable sometimes. I am very much rooting for the underdog film and I, like remakes i have no problem with them that movie was just poorly uh, crafted in my opinion <laughs> mm. i have not seen any of the sequels or, or remake now that i think about it have you seen any of them nick no no i mean that's yeah that's why i brought it up is um i've you know i've read a lot about them mm. um actually to be fair i've read almost nothing about the remake that kind of just like, came and went with no fanfare whatsoever but um yeah, I've read a lot about the sequels and I've always been kind of intrigued, but never gotten around to them. So um, to pick that movie first, I'm, I'm just I was like definitely interested to hear take on on the other ones. Yeah, watch the one in the in the hotel. 
I, I, I think it's just the third one. I don't is know. Is that three? Has, I think. Yeah. I don't know if they have subtitles. I always get confused now. But yeah, the third one um, is is great. And then the, the creepy guy in the hat is from the second one, which I'm sure you've seen that image somewhere at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, so for those things alone, like they're totally worth watching. Cool. Okay. That's awesome. Nice. Uh, Christine, you are <laughs> back up now with the first selection of the second round. Okay. So. I really like The Turn of the Screw. I think it's a good book, novella, whatever. I think it's fun, it's good, it's tight. Innocence, obviously, great movie. Uh, I like The Turning a mm. lot. <laughs> Floria Sigismondi's direct, direct, directed, uh, takes place in the 90s. I think it came out in 2019. Uh, one of my favorite movies of 2019. It's very good. Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things is in it. Try, mm. the, see, I'm already trying to, sell people on it um people do not like this movie i think this movie is fantastic um and it's 90s setting and 90s aesthetic and like interesting 90s-esque soundtrack but with new music on it is great i'm very excited to hear that because you just sold me on it because i i I obviously i love the innocence uh the story obviously i know there's been a bunch of adaptations but i read that that one was not good and but i've never actually heard anyone talk about it so i am sold 100 percent Oh, good. I hope that you like it. People had a big problem with it, and I don't understand why. I think it's phenomenal, but let me know if you watch it. Let me know what you think. I absolutely will. I'm excited now. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's great. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm sold too. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, okay, I'm up now. Second round. Uh, I've mentioned on this podcast uh, how much I love Gina Davis, and it's only right then to take in the second round Gina Davis starring film that is Beetlejuice. Uh, and now actually, I, I mean, I, I, I assume commissioner that that is acceptable that Beetlejuice passes the haunted house test. Yes. Oh, okay. Of course it does. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, I have a real, hit or miss relationship with uh tim burton but i think this is one of his best films up there with ed wood in my book and um i think it's just michael keaton as beetlejuice is just pitch perfect uh such a fun movie just a great blending of like fun and spooky not too super scary or anything and uh and lots of wonderful effects and you know weirdos and monsters and stuff and it's just a blast and uh that's my choice beetlejuice good one (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't i'm not i have a questionable relationship with tim burton as well but i recently rewatched beetlejuice and it it's still the best it still holds up all the gags are great Mm -hmm. michael keaton's great everything it's such a good movie and you it's one of those things where you want to be like it's it's cliche it's hack to like that movie but it's really good so (laughs) yeah no it's fantastic yeah and yeah i mean of of the edward film i mean edward jesus of the tim burton films it's it it is certainly one of my favorites uh nick i'd love to hear your thoughts on beetlejuice um my thoughts on beetlejuice are that it's been a criminally long time since I've seen it and I really have no memory of it whatsoever. And it was actually interesting doing research on this topic because I honestly didn't remember it being like a haunted house movie. I don't, it's been that uh, long. So um, yeah, now I have to watch it again. I, I have the same feelings about Tim Burton as it sounds like both of you do, but um, yeah. So nah, that's, uh, I'll have to 
put it back on my list. Awesome. Uh, Nick, you're up with the final selection of the second round. Uh, yeah, so I'm... Look, I have a bunch of movies here that I could choose. I'm going to pick one. Honestly, Commissioner, if you shoot it down, in some ways I'd be relieved. Oh, not having I to can't, talk about I can't but, wait to hear what it is. No, it's... Um, I mean, it's... Again, I'm. I'm just here comes my old playbook i'm going with the shining um <laughs> shock um but please because i have other choices and i've talked about the shining on the show please shoot it down i realize it's not a house the only reason i would shoot it down is because it's not a house and i actually have a sub list of <laughs> of haunted other places <laughs> in case i was feeling bold but i don't know if, if you have other stuff i say let's let's don't know don't don't yeah no i'm actually right. I'm, like i said i'm relieved i've talked enough about that movie um yeah if in, if you haven't listened to any episodes where nick talks about it any the shining is his favorite film he has uh, is like one of the world's biggest fans of the movie he has a massive collection of memorabilia from it has been asked to host alamo draft house screenings and yonkers for it a couple of times i mean he is the world's biggest shining fanatic <laughs> well no no not the biggest those guys in room 231 are maybe some of the biggest fanatics about the film but yeah. <laughs> um, but no nick's very knowledgeable of it and, and loves the movie that's what i thought he was going to pick with the number one overall selection that's what i figured you were alluding yeah. to too um <laughs> but yeah right now i mean like obviously not a house not strictly a house also since we're talking about it although again it's not my choice it's been shot down but maybe not even haunted open for interpretation oh, mm-hmm. it's it's if poltergeist is my favorite movie then the shining is my second favorite movie um Amazing. i don't like to call th- i love everything i'm just a very full of love for for film um but the shining is fantastic and absolutely would be on my list if i didn't think it didn't belong there <laughs> yeah no no it's it's that's great and I'm, I'm glad that even though it's one of your favorites you shot it down it's it's good we can talk about it another time i'd love yeah. to um <laughs> but okay so yeah let's move on to an actually haunted house i think number two another one i've picked on this on this show before but um i i just don't see a way it can't be on this list is um uh 1980s the changeling yeah yeah um mostly because uh it's got that sort of like again prototypical sort of like gothic haunted house storytelling um it's the huge empty estate. Um, you've got like the cobwebby attic and stuff as a little, some cliches, but also it has what I really love about a good haunted house movie. Um, I think is less about the haunting and more about the ghost story itself. Um, Obviously, it's it has to be scary. So there, the haunting itself matters a lot. Um, how it manifests during the story matters. But I do like like a slowly unraveling ghost story where it begins as a mystery and you you put the pieces together with the characters as you go along. And by the end, there's a reveal. You understand why it's haunted, who's haunting it, but you don't necessarily start off with that information. Um, the Changeling does that as well as any other movie, in my opinion. Um, so that's why it's on my list. I actually only watched The Changeling for the first time earlier this year. I had, Uh, it was one of those things that was just always around and on lists and being suggested and I never watched it. 
And I've sometimes when that happens, I just think, well, I'm, I was waiting for the perfect time, the perfect experience. And I, I think I watched it right around Halloween and I found it horrifying. It's so scary. And I did not expect it to be that scary. And you're completely right about the, I, about the story at the center. It, 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 it makes it such so lived in and so personal that it heightens everything else. And that's what I love. Totally agree. And I, want to make it clear that both of us, I assume, are talking about the Angelina Jolie um, <laughs> Clint Eastwood version, right? Okay. So moving. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad to hear you liked it. It's, it's such a classic. Brantley, have you seen that? I don't know if we've talked about I, I mean, have seen it. I did, and you know what? I rewatched it, actually, in preparation because it had been so long ago. Uh, another one in which it's it's very much tied to the grief of the main character, uh, played by George C. Scott there, who had lost his wife and son. Right. Um, and so, um, wait, son or daughter? Daughter, jeez. Oh, yeah, yeah. Daughter, I think. I watched yeah. this just a little while ago, and I'm already forgetting these daily details. Oh, my God. Uh <laughs> Sorry, it was just something. <laughs> current state of my life, just exhausted constantly <laughs> and not remembering basic things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, <laughs> there's some things that are so a little wild about it. He's in this massive house that, like, even if you had a family of fifteen, it, you the house would be too big for <laughs> that family. Um, oh, for sure. <laughs> and he. He's teaching a course because, um, he, you know, he's a composer of everything, playing piano. And he's teaching a course that only has like 24 enrolled students. But there's like 150 who show up to the class just to hear him play. And I'm like, why would he even be scheduled in a room that big? Yes. He had 24 people in his class. Uh, so there's some parts that kind of like were a little uh, silly, ridiculous. But I mean... George C. Scott gives a great performance in it. You know, yeah. one of these like fantastic kind of later in his career performances that um, I was a little surprised by when I rewatched. It. I was like, man, he's really good in this. Um, and it's a, a great story and and very, yeah, very horrific. Um, you know what happens to the uh, the ghost in the in the movie? Yeah, for sure. Pick. There's like some echoes of the ring in there. Also, yeah. um, Melvin Douglas, I believe. Um, is it Melvin Douglas? I think it is. Oh, is he the one who plays the senator? I think so. And, oh, okay. and he and George C. Scott are both, if I'm not mistaken, in Ghost Story, which came out the same year, um, yeah. which I which is why I always look at those as kind of like sister movies. And like Ghost Story might have been on this list for me had it actually been about a single house. But it's, it's a little <laughs> bit not. It's, yeah, it's more than that. So, yeah, yeah. But another great one. Mm -hmm. um, all right. I will move on to my next pick, which is which is difficult. I don't know if this would really be my number three, but I think it's important to pick. I actually just watched it this week for this show for the first time. Um, but I've had a copy of it, the Criterion copy for a long time, and it's just been sitting on my shelf. And uh, so I knew it was an important movie and I've been wanting to watch it. Uh, the Uninvited um, oh. from uh, 1944. Um, not the Elizabeth Elizabeth banks remake of uh, tale of two sisters um the original uninvited um uh here's what i'll say about this movie that i think earns it a spot on this list um because i don't think that it's necessarily the best haunted house story i don't think it's particularly nice to look at it's certainly not ugly but there's nothing special about it um it's got some of that like 
1930s, 1940s, sort of like Hollywood cheese too, in terms of the dialogue and stuff. But what it is, and I think what it's recognized for, among other things, is um, probably the first haunted house story that really tells that almost cliche now haunted house story of an old house that's huge and beautiful and amazing being sold for really cheap. No one knows why. Mm. Um, And, you know, a family who couldn't otherwise afford a house like that finds it and scoops it up and it's a steal. Um, But like, you know, it's, it's kind of removed. It's off on, on like a cliff by the beach, but everyone in town kind of knows about it. uh, But no one wants to talk about it. It's all hush hush. Um, So it's got all of that. And I feel like it's the first movie that I'm aware of. And I think, again, I think that's one of the things it's known for is for like setting up that kind of, um, blueprint basically that's been followed by so many movies since um and it's um it is creepy and there's some really good ghostly imagery in it it also does the thing where like you know it starts with the first night you hear sounds and the second night you see something eventually the ghost is revealed in full glory and um so it follows that formula too um but it's got some really good ghost effects especially for 1944 it's really well done um and yeah it's pretty creepy and i also found out that um the main character also a musician a composer i don't know if that's a haunted house trope or something but uh he does play piano for um the uh female lead in the movie and um she asks what he's playing and um he says it's uh it's called stella by starlight um and it's an improv her name is stella um that song was written for the movie and years later lyrics were added to it and it's been covered by frank sinatra and a whole bunch of other artists uh, and it became this big thing and it came from a horror movie which is kind of cool oh i had no idea that's wild yeah no neither did i so i have not seen this movie christine have you seen the uninvited i haven't it's a huge hole i know and um uh yeah i think this sorry is if i just ruined it no 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 no. i know i've read so much about it i just never actually sat and watched it with so many older movies like you you read or you, you it comes up or it's in a documentary or you edit something mm. about it and it's you just never you never actually see it and i feel like i've seen it but i know that's never true it's not the same thing i need to experience it so i'll, I'll bump it up my queue i think i own it too i don't know why i've never watched it <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i had it for years before watching it but this is a good excuse to do it but i recommend it it's good it is good it's worth watching awesome uh okay so I am up now in the third round. Um, I'm going to try to take a movie here. I'm going to see what the commissioner says about this. Uh, the movie is Ghost Stories from 2017 with Martin Freeman. I love this movie. Um, <laughs> now, well, let me make my case, commissioner, may, please. Uh, please. Okay, okay, all right. So in the third story, because it's an anthology for anyone who hasn't mm-hmm. seen it. In the third story... Uh, uh, he's seeing like his, his the ghost of his wife and is literally experiencing a poltergeist in his house. So that's why I was going with, I was thinking specifically that story that's within this anthology film. Yes. Yes. I, I think so. <gasps> nice. It, it's not, I didn't write it down, but I could, I could have. So I guess that's my criteria. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh oh that's awesome thank you so much um this was a revelation when i watched this movie a few years ago um 
I like haunted house movies. I think they're fun. Uh, I, I, I would say I probably don't have the same affinity for the, the subgenre that you and Nick do. Not that I don't, not that I dislike them or anything. Um, you know, I, I, ghosts and supernatural things I've never found particularly scary, I guess. And so not that I watch horror only for scares now, it, it very rarely happens, but I was very scared just from the opening uh, um, story in this film, which is the security guard at the uh, like, um work site that he's like protecting overnight and like it was terrifying the idea of having to go into these incredibly dark areas where he's hearing this noise and everything uh scared the ever-loving crap out of me and uh, i loved the entire through line of the story i don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it but you find out the end why all these stories are kind of connected into one um movie um but i loved this movie when i saw it a couple years ago and i have tried to sing its praises to anybody when it's ever come up because it is a fantastic movie in my mind uh ghost stories it's deeply unsettling and i have yeah. not, well i haven't rewatched it since i watched it but i think about it often because it's so unsettling uh there's like a bullying thing Mm-hmm. that really gets me there's a lot of like it, it pushes a lot of very specific buttons for me so it worked yeah. but also i don't know that i want to go be with it again mm-hmm. anytime soon <laughs> yeah no i completely understand that absolutely nick what are, what are your thoughts on ghost stories so for me this is one of the gaping holes for me because oh. when that movie came out i remember reading that it was one of the like the press was it's one of the scariest movies in years um and I never had a chance to see it. Um, and it's been on my list ever since. Nice. So, um, yeah, I'm uh, glad that both of you are singing its praises because now it's uh, I might watch it tonight, frankly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I think it was put out by IFC here in the States because it's British. By the way, I don't know for right, sure. It's- um I so too i do believe uh, yeah i might just it, i think it's on demand though if i have to rent oh, it sure. i will yeah gotcha, I, gotcha i've been meaning to and this is a good reason but that's awesome i'm glad both of you think it's scary because now yes i i think definitely. you'll enjoy it i think you would definitely enjoy it awesome awesome uh awesome. all right so that is my choice that means christine is up with the final choice of the third round Woo. okay <laughs> so i'm gonna take a cue uh from nick Uh, and the changeling and about you know the mystery around why things are happening in the house and what is actually going on and maybe even whose ghost are we dealing with um and so i'm gonna pick 2000s what lies beneath Um, nice i this is just an excuse for me to say that every movie is one of my favorite movies this is one (laughs) of my favorite movies um (laughs) Oh, I think every movie I've talked about so far, I've written about extensively. So I, I guess I have a whole thing. I've written about What Lies Beneath extensively. I love that movie. It's, um, I, I, I think that the fact that it kind of parades like a thriller or like a just a drama with Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford, I think it takes your expectations and subverts them. I think that's one of the reasons why, for me, it works so well because it is truly a paranormal story about a ghost about a haunting about murder it's it's really firmly about these things but like there's this perception that it's it's like ghost light or like mm. maybe it's a ghost but guess what it's just somebody had this thing that they didn't tell you about or something but it really is a ghost story and and i don't know that we talk about it like that enough uh, it's a horror movie it's really freaking good too 
great choice excellent pick uh it's been ages i knew i know you had an affinity for the movie so and it's also been ages since i've seen it so um i i didn't have it on my list just because i knew you were probably going to pick it in because <laughs> it's been so long um nick have you seen what lies beneath yeah it's also been ages and i i i'm so glad you just said what you said because i think that um like that that overall vibe of it being a thriller and less of a horror movie is so pervasive i think that like i think to this day and i loved the movie but when i'm like thinking about a ghost story to revisit that often comes up and i kind of dismiss it because i think my perception and my memory of it has been shaped by all of this um but i remember when i saw it and i, I obviously I like robert zemeckis is a genius um and i remember loving the movie when i saw it but like it's again, it's a bit when did that come out? 2000, you 2000, said, I think. Yeah. So I probably haven't seen it in 20 years. And like my 20 year memory of it has faded so much. And all I have left is like that impression. I, I think that's really interesting, too. And, and it's not just you guys. Obviously, it's like the perception, the outside perception of the world. And I wonder if it has anything to do with how so much of that film is Harrison Ford successfully gaslighting Michelle Pfeiffer into thinking there's literally nothing going on in that house that we just are like oh you know look at this crazy lady and and it but there's like her eyes change color she gets possessed by a ghost at one point it's a ghost movie like so yes I recommend everybody rewatch it and and and, and if you haven't seen it go in without any expectations and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised nice awesome Gonna add that to the rewatch pile. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, excellent choice. Uh, Christine, you have the back to back in the first pick of the fourth round. So, so is the goal to kind of pick what you know somebody or you think somebody else is going to pick, or do you just freewheel and just pick whatever you want? <laughs> the goal is whatever you want. It, you know, I always tell people draft with your heart, you know, okay. whatever, whatever you really want, that's the what to get. Because I don't think anybody, I mean, maybe you guys will surprise me, but I don't think anybody was going to pick The Haunting from 1999. But but here we are, and here I am. <laughs> no, that's a good, it's, it's low on my list, but it was on my list. Uh, it's another one that I, I also have not seen in a very long time. So it's, you know. it's why it was partially kind of low, because I'm like, oh, do I even remember this very well? Um, but I would love, I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts on the film. So I don't know that, that it's, I don't want to say I don't know that it's good. So it's uh, Jan de Bont directed it, mm -hmm. and it's beautiful. It's mm. it's lush. It's it's like oh, remember when movies had sets? Remember when things were we filmed in places? And it's so stunning. And there's multiple scenes of of Catherine Zeta Jones and uh, I can't remember her name, Lily James. I can that's not her name. That's Cinderella. Um, running around this house, and it's just so stunning and so. I don't know, tactile. It's just, mm. it really captures, um, so the, uh, the Haunting 99 is, is based on Shirley Jackson's uh, Haunting of Hill House. Um, and I don't know, I can't say that it's a great adaptation, but there mm. are things, obviously it's not because it goes off the rails in the end, but there are things about um, this movie specifically that, that I've never seen in another adaptation of that story. Um, and there's a lot in the relationship between the, the two female protagonists that um, that are present in other adaptations, but I think are taken to a different level and are, are a little bit more aggressively explored in this version. So I don't, I, 
I don't think that it's great. And if you said, oh, that's a bad adaptation and the ending is silly and some of the effects are really bad, I would say you are right. But also <laughs> some of the effects are really good. A lot of it is practical. And mm. um, I don't know if I, I would urge people if they saw it back when it came out and they didn't really like it to revisit it because I think, and not to open a big can of worms, but I think that films are different now and movie making is different now so that some things from from maybe the the 80s 90s and 2000s uh hit a little different now because mm -hmm. <laughs> that we just don't the film isn't filmed that way like films don't happen the way they used to so for me it gave me a new appreciation of the movie too um especially the fact that they were actually inhabiting those spaces uh it has a weight that when you do green screen or cgi or not really are in locations you lose that weight i think Absolutely. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more about watching films from the 90s, early 2000s before CG had taken over and just having a new appreciation for those films that were considered over the top and maximalist, you know, in, at the time. But then you watch now and you're like, I wish they made movies like this nowadays. Um, our, our friends, Steve and Oriana have a wonderful podcast called Mission Recall, where they will watch all these 90s uh, action movies and stuff. And uh, and I think they're coming to that same, uh, they bring that up often on their podcast as well. Like there is something lost, like you said, where you're just using a green screen and you just really connect more with a film when it is more tactile which is mm -hmm. a ridiculous thing to say about a film because you're watching it on a screen in front of you or whatever but you can just feel it through the screen when something is real uh in the film and and i couldn't agree more basically with what you said you said it far more eloquently than me rambling on basically <laughs> but i agree is what i'm saying <laughs> uh any other thoughts nick kind of get kind of a lot i but like this is so interesting i don't think either of you are rambling i find this fascinating because i never would have thought about it in this in this context but it's so true if you look at like the, the landscape and to your point christine i think it, it, it does apply to all of film but in horror particularly um you look at a studio like a24 you know and they're like the gold standard of indie horror now um but that's it's just that it's indie horror and there's like this level of realism to all those movies um in their look and feel uh, and storytelling um, which I love. I love those movies. Um, but The Haunting was, again, Jan de Bont coming off of like Speed and Speed 2. Um, you know, he's an action movie director and he's making a huge like tentpole studio horror film, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, came out in the summer. I don't remember exactly, but like those sets are, it's weird because like it's almost like, doesn't make it they like fight against each other the fact that the idea that it's like they're so clearly sets and they're these grandiose sets but it also feels more real and lived in that way and just like bigger and grander and um look i think the studio haunted house movie was a thing that was big for a while um in like the 50s and uh, maybe it came back a little bit in the 80s um but like i don't think that exists anymore the haunting was one um and when I saw it, I didn't realize that it was based on The Haunting of Hill House because I had never read The Haunting of Hill House because I was 1999 and I was 13 or something. And it was just not something I had done. Um, having now read The Haunting of Hill House and not seen this adaptation in forever, I can't really speak to its accuracy. However, I did watch the 1963 adaptation of The Haunting this week in prep for 
this. And I've obviously seen the Mike Flanagan series, um, which I love. And the 1963 version, I loved. Um, They're both great. Sorry, I shouldn't talk about the 1963 version just yet, but whatever, I'm going to just to say that um, in in some ways, the the book is like really, obviously, like I know literary, in terms of its like literary um, impact is, is, is really well written, but I have heard so many things before I read it about how terrifying it was and it didn't quite do that for me. Um, and I felt that way about the original adaptation, which I think is pretty faithful to the book. Um, and that's another one where the question of whether there's a real haunting or someone is having kind of a mental breakdown um, is very real. Like, I, I don't know if there's any clear answer. Um, evidently, when they were making that movie, um, Shirley Jackson informed them that in her mind, it was definitely a real haunting. That's an anecdote that I've read. I don't know if she did or did not actually say that. But either way, it's written in a way where it's very ambiguous. And what I think I remember about the 1999 version was that it was very much a supernatural story. Oh, yes. They they took a <laughs> Which... lot of liberties and really pushed it. And and that's when it starts to fall apart for me. About half, I guess, halfway through, it re- you really start to see, like, the divergence into maybe a story that I'm not as interested in as, as the original text. Um, but I still am okay with it at this point because it is so, it is so wild. It has such a budget. They took such swings and you're like, how does this movie exist on this scale with Liam Neeson and Luke uh, Owen Wilson? And just the cast is like, what are we, what are we doing here? We don't make things like this anymore. She shouts at the sky. A hundred percent though. Yeah. I totally no, agree. It is. Yeah. I mean, I, um, not to go off on a tangent, but people use that all the time. Like the, the, uh, you couldn't make that movie today kind of thing about like all the wrong options. Like, like, no, you can make gross out comedies. Uh, they do it all the time. Like if you've seen plan B or, uh, book smart, you know, I mean, these are kind of the silly gross out kind of comedies. They still getting made, you know, uh, plan B, she literally like bites a guy's day. You know what I mean? Like there's like gross out stuff in it constantly. But like I think about these '90s movies, and I think about a movie like *Crimson Tide* or something. Like that's that's never a movie that's going to get made. Today. It's philosophical war movie, a philosophical debate, the war movie essentially. Like you would never make that movie today. Like it has to sell to like a global market. It's got to have more action and you know excitement and stuff. And it's very much the same situation here with um, with a movie like *The Haunting*. And um, not to have us just go on and on about. <laughs> bemoaning these movies we don't get anymore but it is sad when you know those types of things aren't aren't done anymore well i think it's a it's a it's a obviously valid observation like if it sparked this discussion i think that's Mm -hmm. an important thing to talk about it's so true yeah that's why it's such a fantastic pick christine because we have now been talking about it longer than any other movie so excellent choice my work here is done uh Oh yeah, I, I for some reason I thought you had another one. No, you just did your two back to back. So yep. yes, your work is here done. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, I'm between two for uh, round four here. Um, I, you know what? I'm gonna take the found footage film, Hell House LLC for round four here. Oh no! Nice, <laughs> Christine did not. 
like that. That's okay. No, it's okay. Good. <laughs> so, he, I, I sometimes have an issue getting into found footage horror. You know, any film that you watch requires a suspension of disbelief. And found footage horror, I've always felt, requires this extra level of suspension of disbelief because I have to somehow believe that not only has this happened and is happening in front of my eyes, but it's also been all recorded by these people who are involved in whatever the events of the film are. Um, but Hell House LLC and something like Blair Witch Project, uh, and Cloverfield to an extent, that kind of thing do like a really good job of helping to um get past that extra added level of suspension of disbelief because i can completely buy that people have their cameras on almost constantly as these young people are opening up this haunted house attraction that they're trying to get off the ground and they're just documenting the process of it happening and then of course as weird things start to happen they keep the cameras on because that's what they would do you know in that situation that that um you know, group that age group essentially would do. Uh, generation is the word I was looking for and couldn't think of there for a second. Um, and it's genuinely scary. Uh, I was creeped out through so many aspects of this film. Um, when they're down in the basement testing out one of the uh, attractions and then they're like, that's not me down there with the uh, the creepy dude that's like standing still and starts to move and you're like oh f no uh so i i enjoy this quite a bit it's um i guess similar to like something like lake mungo which uses that documentary style where you have to kind of believe that they were capturing all of these things and things like that it's it's i'm surprising myself that i have two films like that on my list i guess is what i'm saying (laughs) two films that i'm required to have this added suspension of disbelief but i think that just speaks to how well they do their job that um they both are on on my list so there's my choice hell house llc it's a good choice thanks it's a very very scary movie yes yeah (laughs) I am very scared of, well, ghosts are scary, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think for me, like haunts, like haunted houses, that movie Hellfest that came out a couple of years ago, I found really disturbing. Um, I don't like haunts. I don't like haunted houses. I don't go in them. And I don't want you to, to make me go in them with your movie. That being said, <laughs> the fact that this did, it, it did everything I would want it to do. Everything that scares me, it did. Like it knew how to use what it was doing in the most effective way. I thought that was really great because they didn't, everything that they, it's like they were like, what would be legitimately terrifying in this situation? So there's not a bunch of like jump scares or like Mr. X, it's, it's, it's tangibly uh, scary things, like yeah. things moving and, and ending up in places they don't belong and people having these experiences. Um, so yeah, really big fan. Um, Isn't that a, ho- am I wrong that it's a hotel oh, though? Wait. Oh <laughs> shit, it is a hotel. And was it on both of your lists? Did I just blow everyone's mind? My, my, it was on my list. Um, <gasps> no, but you're right. It is, it's the Abaddon wait. Hotel. It is a hotel. Okay, it wasn't like a. Oh man. Okay. This is no. the third one in the Abaddon Hotel again, or one yes. of them. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and the hotel wasn't like some old fancy house that they turned into a hotel or I mean, anything. It, it could have been, but it was called the Abaddon Hotel. Dang it. Okay. However, yeah. they are setting up a haunted house in it. That's true. And I feel like it could count. 
No, I, will leave, you me slipping. I will leave it up to the commissioner to decide whether that does or not. I mean, I have other choices. I, I'm well, happy to go to anything else. Using my own criteria, which was, what was it on my list? It was on my list. So, <laughs> so there, there you go. Okay. All right. So I guess, I guess it stays. Um, all right. So that's my fourth round pick. Nick, you're up with your fourth round pick, sir. All right. This is fun. There are so many movies that I could pick and like I would be happy with my list with any of them. Um, and I don't even know what my criteria is anymore in terms of like what kind of a list am I making? Are they my favorites? Are they my I don't even know. Um, so I'm just going to pick on the fly. And yeah, any of these, like I said, anyway, I'm sure we'll do a um, uh honorable mentions thing or you know um and i can mention the other one so i'm just gonna go ahead and pick one um that i think is as good as any others uh i'm gonna go with ghost watch another one that i've i've talked a lot about on this podcast um not a movie but made for tv special but i if if commissioner if we can count oh, please, it please yes okay. i would love to talk about it i i did not put it on mine but um i think it absolutely uh passes criteria okay cool i well it's look i i've talked about it on this podcast and what's so unique about it and why it's so cool and important i think in the history of especially found footage which we've been talking about um what i don't know if i've talked about that much um if at all and what i think it does very very effectively um is something that i find particularly scary and that not too many movies have done um and i wish it would be employed more and that's um most of this not all of the scares there are some outright scares in the movie but there's a limited number of sightings of the ghost in the movie and many of them are not that kind of happen in passing or in the background um and are not advertised there's no music cue your attention is not drawn to them you could easily miss them um you know there are websites that track the the pipes is the name of the ghost in the movie and there are websites that track how many times he's seen in the movie and the director has gone on record to say like well i remember we only shot eight or whatever but people are like there's nine you can look in when he opens the door in the basement and you see something and i'm sure it's him um but some of the scares are literally just like the camera happens to be panning by a window or something and you see a reflection of the ghost for like four frames um mm -hmm. and that's the kind of scare that really does it for me because like it, it's that sort of like oh shit did i just see especially with ghost movies where you're like did i just see something that like wasn't supposed to be there like am i seeing things now was that intentional um you know and if they do that right and they mix it in with actual like scripted scares obviously scripted they're all scripted but you know what i mean like telegraphed scares or scares that are meant to you know our big reveals or coincide with the music cue jump scares all of that stuff if they mix it in with some of these like kind of background things um it's really effective and um like i said i wish it was done more it's done once in insidious kind of famously i think um uh and mike flanagan did it in every episode of haunting of hill house um you know where there are just ghosts in the background um 
and you miss most of them probably. And then you go online and you read about them and you're like, holy shit, how did I miss it? And the fact that you missed it when you go back and rewatch it, you're like, how did I miss that? That in itself is scary. Like, I don't know why, um, but I feel like Ghostwatch is the first movie, um, I guess, chronologically, where I, I know for a fact that that was like employed on purpose. And um, man, I just, I think that's one of the scariest things in haunted house movies. For sure. And Lake Mungo does that too which yes find out later that somebody was standing over there right. and and i agree with you about ghost watch uh it's i think it's when they're in the kitchen i think there's like a sliding glass door glass in the door. kitchen mm. and you can see him clearly in the door it is just dr dread inspiring it's just it's a different so type good. of scare than like a jump scare it's it's just it's like a pity your stomach like oh what am i looking at and why am i looking at it kind of scare and and i i appreciate that and i think that you're right that movie just really nails it i can't even imagine watching it no live on halloween <laughs> night in 1992 because the wraparound stuff is so authentic yeah like, why why wouldn't you think you were really watching this horrifying thing happen exactly and you know what i'm sorry i've already talked so much about this but i think that um brantley was kind of alluding to this um too in terms of found footage um and its use in horror and i think that look it's a slippery slope i think found footage could go off the rails really quickly and you can blow it really easily however I think when it is done effectively is almost always with supernatural films, um, often ghost stories, but like you don't see found footage employed with like a slasher movie. I mean, Halloween resurrection did it and probably killed that for everybody. Um, but like, you don't see it that often with, and I think part of why it's so effective in supernatural movies is because it's, if it's done correctly, it really does add a level of believability to something that is inherently not believable to a lot of people. Lake Mungo does it so well, you know, like the, the performances in that movie and the, the fact that they're emulating real documentary techniques so well make all of that so much more believable. You know, I mean, that's one of the things that I think even Cloverfield does not do as well. It's just because it's such a studio looking movie. Mm. It doesn't feel real, but um, you know, Hell House feels real. Um, and uh, yeah, like to that end, Ghostwatch probably does that better than anyone because it used real news anchors it was aired live with no fanfare and no warning like jesus i i would have loved to have seen it in 1992 is all i can say didn't it cause a panic because people thought it was real yeah they had like phones ringing off the hook they have apparently they haven't aired it in um england since yeah. or like it was like basically outlawed from bbc um they That's got wild. so many angry phone calls <laughs> Yeah, I, I believe wild. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, excellent choice. Um, we are into round five. That means one more selection each. And Nick, you've got the first pick here in round five. Yeah, I'm going to go with my heart here. There's one that I really want to put on this list, but I ultimately feel like I can't do it because it would be being a little bit dishonest to myself. I, this is like probably the most recent one. Hmm. on my list and it feels almost so recent that i feel like it's like not okay to be picking it yet like i need to like let it marinate for even longer but i really think the conjuring is one of the best haunted house movies made in in a long time um 
I think it's it's just it has its shortcomings. Uh, there's some effects in it that are questionable, um, you know, and and it, there's a few flaws, but ultimately I think like James Wan just like it's a masterclass in you know in haunted house storytelling um and 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 in scares and are they more traditional scares compared to what we were just talking about with like those maybe yes they are but um something about the atmosphere in that film is just so well captured um more so than any of the other ones in that series that i've seen so um though i will mention that um conjuring 2 is based on the same haunting that Ghostwatch was based on mm. uh, the Enfield poltergeist case. Um, but anyway, yeah, Conjuring. I really, I think it's just James Wan with Insidious and then Conjuring like back to back, I think really proved himself to me. Um, those were the two movies that sold me on him. When you were saying it's so new, I don't think I can pick it. I thought it was like a movie from this year. No, yeah. I know. It's like nine years old. <laughs> it's like nine I'm years sorry. old. Yeah. Not that new. Yeah, it's not, not that new. It's... It could almost be selected to the National Film Registry at this point, Nick. It's it's close. You can put it it's on the ballot weird. for next year. I'm uh... just, uh, yeah, now, okay, so I feel really old now. <laughs> it's like that That feels so new to me still. But you, did, I, I don't know. Like I said, the heyday for a lot of haunted house movies seemed to be like 30s, 40s, and then like 70s yeah. and 80s. Um, so for me, this is pretty new. Gotcha. Christine, but, any thoughts on The Conjuring? I I have grown to really dislike the franchise and the Ed and Lorraine story. I'm not a fan of it at this point. Um, that being said, aside from that ending, it is a very effective, very scary movie. And that clapping, the clapping thing. Yeah. Like, sure, oh, these are traditional ghosty scares. That's terrifying. The way that that movie is filmed, it's stunning. It's gorgeous. You get such a good, um, you have geography on the house. You know where everything is. So when you have bits like like that, um, Lily Taylor, that's her name. And she's in The Haunting 99 and yes. this right. movie. There yes. we are. Finally <laughs> got it. So when you have Lily Taylor running around that house, you know where everything is so when she gets scared you can get scared with her because you know what's not supposed to happen and i think when you don't establish geography in a haunted house movie you run the risk of us not understanding when something's supposed to be scary so when you really really get that locked in like that because right before i think the clapping is the armoire thing where somebody like jumps it's just that movie's awful like terrifying and awful there's sound stuff there's visual stuff the stuff with lighting they really make a meal out of all the different ways you can make a space be scary so not on my list but wholeheartedly agree and yes. you like the point about geography is is well we've literally said that on this podcast before i think it listing that opening not the opening shot but the first time you step foot in the house and i think it's just one long shot it's like literally the first time we are in the house with the characters that first time the camera puts like is in the house it's just like one shot that immediately orients you all around the house it goes through every room you know where everything is like what that movie does so well is like the plant and payoffs i mean like just the clapping thing alone is a plant and payoff um but really giving you a sense of the geography is a plant and payoff because the payoff is in knowing where things are or should be um and it really plays with that so well great pick cool thanks yeah that was that was on my list so i'm glad you somebody 
Okay, cool. I, I agree with you, Christy. I'm not a huge fan of the the franchise and the offshoots that have you know spun off of it and everything, and and definitely not the the real life Ed and Lorraine people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although yeah. I will say, I, I I think the performances by um, Patrick Wilson and um, now I'm blanking. Avira Farmiga. Avira Farmiga. Thank you oh, yeah. so much. Jeez. Uh, I think they're great. And I think they do a really good job selling them as a couple. Their performances are great. But but yes, I, I completely agree based on these the real life personas of, of those folks. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a genuinely creepy and terrifying uh, film and uh, good picnic. Thank you. Uh, okay. I have one choice left here. Um, between two one's very serious and uh one's more playful and fun and the playful and fun one's a bit more drafting with my heart so i'm gonna take house the 1985 house starring william cat directed by uh steve minor right am i yeah 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 um you know when i first watched this film i was just like oh my like this whole thing Again, going back to this this idea of grief, right? But really, House is a, a PTSD story, you know, right? It's so that this guy who is is divorced, his son has mysteriously gone missing. Uh, he is, you know, haunted with these Vietnam flashbacks, and he moves back into his aunt's house. And throughout the whole movie, you know, his life has essentially fallen apart, and he's having these being haunted by these, you know, monsters and flashbacks. And then when he finally is able to overcome that and overcome like the uh you know having left his friend who ended up dying in the war suddenly like his wife comes back his son comes <laughs> mysteriously shows up to the house and his life is put back together essentially uh when he's able to kind of overcome the the trauma that he has basically um and i, I really uh, appreciate that story even if it's told in a little bit of a <laughs> silly manner um but there's great practical effects in it great monsters in it george went is fantastic i love anytime he shows up in anything uh and it's not a particularly you know scary or spooky movie but a very kind of fun haunted house film and uh that is why i've chosen house with my final pick christine i gotta hear your thoughts on house i <laughs> It's never really been my thing. Sure, I've, sure. I've seen it a handful of times because there is a sequel as well, correct? House 2. There is, is like that, I think four. there's a couple sequels. There, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I've, I've seen the second one. I have Same. not seen anything beyond that. But um, mm -hmm. I, I get it. I get why people like it. I get why people would like it. It's just not really my deal. It's sure. also kind of gooey, right? Isn't it? Like, yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't that's not my thing but yeah but yes i i get i I would have been surprised if no one had mentioned it oh all right uh yeah no i uh i've only seen the second one first and second one as well i i like the first one more than the second although i know there are some people who really love the second film um but i have not seen like the third or fourth house film either although i mean mvp title choice house two the second story i mean Absolutely. can you do any better than that i mean it's just as good as it gets <laughs> the marketing person or whoever like wrote that or whoever wrote it was just like i'm you know put kick their legs up their feet up on the desk and said i'm done for the day i can't do any better than that um <laughs> but yeah anyway nick I, your thoughts on house so uh there were two movies on my list 
of movies that I needed to watch for this that I didn't get to. Mm. House is a movie I've never seen. In fact, both movies that I didn't get to are called House. Um, oh, yeah. Because that, House and That's House why Su. I specified the 1985 one. <laughs> yes. And then the Japanese House is a movie yes. I've been meaning to see for years and years and years and, and haven't been able to. So um, those two may very well have made my list. And I'm very disappointed. And as soon as you picked House, I was especially crushed that I didn't get to see it. <laughs> um, but I will now. Yes. Yes. And I like I've, Steve Miner. Yeah. Yeah. He's just sneakily. Uh, I say sneakily just because he's not one of the big names, you know, that you hear about in horror, but he's got a couple of real bangers. Uh, you he know. does. Yeah. Um, okay. Christine, take us yes. home. Final okay. pick of the draft. So can you, can you guys veto me? If no, you, think- you nope. are the commissioner. <laughs> you have all of the oh. authority. Oh, all right. Well, um, so I'm going to tell you what I picked and then I'm going to plead my case as a haunted house movie. Okay. Um, so I'm, picking paranormal activity three okay specifically three um i thought about picking paranormal activity one because it kind of functions as a haunted house film because you don't know the width and breadth of the actual villain the entity in question it is a demon in Mm. paranormal activity it is a demon that being said three is structured like a haunted house movie i recently wrote about all of the similarities to poltergeist it is essentially a, a mini redo of poltergeist um they do similar gags there's kids getting dragged out of bed there's a literal sheet that walks into the room and then falls flat it's all it's all ghost gags and that's why i say it's a haunted house movie it is a demon and at the end it gets demony but through the majority of it is a haunted house movie and i am a r- just very loud fan of the paranormal activity movies at least one through five um very specific (laughs) those last two i disown them but um and i think when when they're at their best they they function as as haunted house movies with that same familial dynamic and that same my my domicile isn't and isn't safe anymore where i am isn't safe and um it travels but i that doesn't make it any less safe but it does not travel in this film it is in one house so all right great choice i i I've only seen, I think, the first Paranormal Activity. I don't think I've seen any of the sequels. Uh, Nick, have you? I have seen one and two. And okay. when three came out, and it's funny, you said Demon. I, for whatever reason, my memory of reading the reviews of three was that it was like a, a witches or something. So when you said three. That too. Um, which, and I heard three <laughs> was the best one. Um, I so. think so. <laughs> but yeah, people people have varying relationships with the Paranormal Activity movies. Um, I could see why you wouldn't like them, but I, I do feel like, especially when you get into three, four, five, there's a really rich universe that's getting uh, developed and really interesting continuity if you like continuity, <laughs> like I do. There's interesting ways that they're all interconnected and stuff. But um, mm, yes, totally. I, I recommend the third one. Okay, nice. yeah, no, I liked the first two. Those were fun. Yeah. And the conjuring's a demon too, right? That's not just that's not a ghost, is it? I think it's several things. Oh, it's okay. Like, All right. It's one of those ones where like, I think there is a de- demonic presence, but there's also like there's a witch. Like, you know, she was accused of witchcraft, but there's like so many entities in that house. Okay. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I just it sounded like you were playing the case about a demons, and I, I thought those were fair games. So it's just, just well, I I could see what because it technically the the entity whose name Toby in the movies he he's in a one house in the first one, a different house in the second one shows up, uh, so it's like jumping from places. But I, I felt I felt like I was safe because it's self contained in that movie. Yeah, well, you're safe because you're the commissioner and you get <laughs> I, to say. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to abuse it. <laughs> no, 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 you're not at all. Uh, all right, well, <clears throat> to recap, uh, our wonderful guest, Christine Makepeace, she chose Poltergeist in the first round, The Turning in the second, What Lies Beneath in the third round, The Haunting in the fourth, and Paranormal Activity three in the fifth round. Uh, Nick took The Innocence in the first, The Changeling in the second, The Uninvited in the third, Ghost Watch, and then rounded it all out with The Conjuring in the fifth. Uh, I take took, excuse me, Lake Mungo, Beetlejuice, Ghost Stories, Hell House, LLC, and House from 1985. This concludes the horror drafts uh, draft of haunted house films, but uh, we can discuss our undrafted free agents. These are our honorable mentions that we had in our list that we didn't take. Christine, as our guest, please, what else did you have on there? So I had a newer movie. Uh, mm. I think it was from last year called Deep House. And it's that's uh, on my list. Yeah, yeah so good. Yeah, Nick has so, sung its praises. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So fantastic and combines two things that I'm genuinely afraid of uh, ghosts and uh, drowning. So, <laughs> so really, it's a real, real good one if, if you have, have similar fears, but it's really effective and it's, you know, an underwater haunted house movie, which is fantastic. Yeah. So good. I don't know how they were like realized the fact that they even realized that movie on film or, you know, digital, whatever. The fact that they filmed it is just a marvel a feat of strength yeah <laughs> for really that is. reason alone just it's it's amazing to look at so nice yeah when you said a newer horror film there i thought it was gonna be that i thought that was like your choice was deep house it was it was it was close i mean and i i obviously i have a fear of drowning too like being mm -hmm. underwater is horrifying and there's something very ghostly about like just anything that you see underwater is just inherently ghostly so like the fact that they someone took that long to like combine those two things and um that was one of those movies. It's like, I really enjoyed it. Um, overall, the whole film as a whole isn't as memorable as like a few images that are just like searing and will never escape my brain. There's a few really scary images in that film. Nice. <laughs> uh, what else do you have on your list there, Christine? Um, so this is the Oz Perkins directed I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Nice. Oh, all right. It's sad. It's a sad movie. <laughs> it's a sad, slow movie. So I was trying to keep it a little bit more upbeat for the for the actual conversation. But I think it's beautiful, and it's it's my favorite of his films. Um, this is a movie that I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, that looks really upsetting. And then people kept messaging me and saying, oh, I think you would really like this movie. And I was like, geez, what do I project out into the world? But I did, so they were right. <laughs> now, did he do? That was his first movie, right? Has he done other things since then? Oz Perkins? Yeah. yeah. He um, recently did the Gretel and Hansel uh, movie, the oh. newer one from like 2019, maybe. And, oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, he's done a couple things. I don't know why I'm currently blanking on it, um, but I think he's a tremendous filmmaker and definitely somebody to watch. Uh, oh, Black Coat's Daughter is another one. If you haven't seen that, that's a good A24 movie. Oh, no, I haven't. I didn't realize those were all him. 
yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan. And I think that this one is uh, very contemplative and lovely and, and sad. And that's kind of where I, where I live sometimes with ghost stories. The sadder, the better. <laughs> uh, any others you wanted to shout out uh, for your honorable mentions there? I will say, I guess I'll say uh, the remake of 13 Ghosts. I don't know if you oh, guys yeah. are aware of that. That's having its big uh, heyday. People mm-hmm. are reevaluating it, reevaluating it. And I actually am one of those people that thought it was uh, trash garbage. And now I'm like, you know what? <laughs> this is kind of good. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, I watched it's a guilty that. pleasure. I yeah. love that movie. I revisited it a little while ago, I don't, uh, a year or so ago. And uh uh i i think i probably enjoy it a little bit more than it did at the time but i think at the time i enjoyed it more than people in the what was it 2001 yeah, or whatever when right it came around. out yeah yeah and uh because uh, i was like oh this is schlocky fun I, this is this is a good time i love seeing f murray abraham uh always <laughs> acting stuff yeah he's just gosh yeah I, 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 he's come up before on this podcast and he just it just always seems like he's having a blast. Like the, the the dude's like, I get to act today. Great. I don't care what it's in. I'm just having a ball. And he's just so awesome. Like I loved him in mythic quest and he's great in yep. the season of white Lotus and everything. Yeah. He's phenomenal. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. The 13 ghosts is great. It's um, kind of in that camp with the haunting too. all of those. Yeah. What is it? Dark skies movies too, around that time. It yeah. had yeah. some kind of budget. It was audacious and weird and, mm-hmm. and the houses were big and strange. And it's like, I like intimate little character pieces. Like I am the pretty thing that lives in the house, but I also like really big, weird houses that don't make any sense. So more of that. <laughs> nice. Uh, great. I, I'll, I'll say just a couple. I mean, the other one I was between for the last choice there, speaking of contemplative uh, uh, ghost heart haunted house films is uh, the others. Uh, that was the yes. other one that I was like, oh, do I go with this very serious one, which Nicole Kidman gives, a, I think, a really great performance in that. And I think it is like uh, very effective um in terms of like it's it's twists and everything i mean once you have seen it you know and everything but um you you kind of start out thinking it's just this one thing and then you realize oh okay it's this as well and uh you know it it feels more like a drama to me in some ways than really like a a, you know a, a horror kind of film so that was one of the reasons i didn't end up choosing it um but it was uh there was the really scary to me that what was the most scary about it was when Rewatching it recently, the daughter uh, is playing in that white dress, and Nicole Kidman comes in, and she thinks it's that old woman, that old woman underneath it, and yeah, it, it starts like literally attacking her daughter, uh, thinking it's the the woman, and uh, that was like super super creepy, and probably I think my highlight in terms of scares in the uh, in the film, uh, but that was one that was on my list. I'm not a huge fan of the original Amityville horror. And it's been a while since I've seen the remake, which is why it was really low on my list and didn't get chosen. But I remember really enjoying the Amityville Horror remake. But again, I haven't seen it in like ages since it came out. So I I didn't go near like um, drafting it. Um, And then I'll just say... um, uh i was i was maybe possibly if a bunch of my stuff got drafted and was desperate was gonna push for the sixth sense being a haunted 
house film as well because he, he sees the uh ghost within uh Haley Jolson sees the ghost in the house especially the Munchausen by proxy uh girl um in his own house so that was that was going to be my one possible try to plead my case to the commissioner <laughs> but I didn't need to <laughs> I thought you were going to say something because whatever house Bruce Willis is in is haunted and I was oh that is true I guess technically stuff. yeah his his widow is living in a haunted house because he's there um but anyway yeah those those are my honorable mentions uh Nick what do you have for us man uh i have a few here i'll mention them with like one really quick reason for wanting to put them on i'll tell you the one that i almost picked instead of the conjuring was um william castle's house on haunted hill the original Mm -hmm. with vincent price um saw that for the first time this week too had always been on my list um and never got around to it and this was a good excuse to watch it and i mean is it even a haunted house movie really like when you get to the end it's like little bit unclear i think it pretty i think it pretty obviously is but just like everything leading up to that point is just it's perfect i mean it's schlocky but it's also got some pretty chilling images um it and it's just a blast and vincent price is like look if he's not having a great time in that movie he fooled me it looked like he was having a blast making that um so that's a lot of fun i really like that um deadstream from this year Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed um i thought that was you know like equal parts scary and also very funny um i had a ghost weights um uh which i've talked about in here which i didn't pick because ultimately it's not really a horror movie it's kind of like a romance movie but it is clearly about a haunted house um and is it rebecca hall the actress that was in the night house so i had night house and i had the awakening which are both rebecca hall movies um about haunted houses um night house i love one of my favorite movies the last like five ten years um but ultimately it didn't feel like enough of a haunted house movie for me to put it on here um we are still here it's an okay movie um i enjoyed it really good ghost designs um and the orphanage which uh I wasn't sure if Close I felt on. like the orphanage was, I was like, yeah, I would let that slide, but I passed it. But I'm glad you mentioned it. Cause again, I want to talk about a movie that I couldn't breathe. I was crying so hard during boom. Oh, totally. The orphanage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That, um, I don't know. It's just a beautiful movie. And it's weird because like, it's really genuinely a scary movie, but then like reflecting on it, I'm like, it's also kind of a touching film. <laughs> like it's got, I don't know. It, it like balances both very well uh burnt offerings was on my list not again maybe not a haunted house movie or maybe it's exactly a haunted house movie like maybe it's not traditionally because there's like no ghost necessarily but the house itself might be weirdly supernatural um but a good one there's one other one that i thought i had to mention oh i already mentioned it insidious um Mm. i liked insidious quite a bit it clearly it's not well, actually, one among other reasons, because I had other choices, but like the tagline for that movie is literally, it's not the house that's haunted. And I was like, well, that can't fly then. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Nice. Uh, I'll just say um, I have not seen The Night House yet, but she, Rebecca Hall is like one Incredible. of the best actresses working in Hollywood. And it kills me. She does not get 
any like you know awards recognition and stuff for the work that she does because so much of it is in horror it seems like and therefore uh, you know it just it's such a bigger barrier to get over to get that sort of acclaim but she's just in everything i see her in just knocking it out of the park so oh yeah yeah what was the new one she was is it reincarnate what is the, the new resurrection i think resurrection thank yeah. you yes yeah. i still haven't seen it um i i don't know if you guys have seen christine the oh. movie she did so <laughs> that's my favorite rebecca hall and again it might super, be mine too. super yeah. upsetting one so i don't I'm think i'll ever revisit it but so i when i approach rebecca hall movies i need to like be ready i need to i need to be emotionally prepared because she just destroys me and yeah. and I, I i don't know much about resurrection but i'm like i don't know if i'm ready for it yet i need to mm-hmm. go in go in in a good headspace she the <laughs> resurrection it's funny because when I saw it, I was like, Resurrection has um, a one take, just like a one shot that's just a very slow push in on her. And it's like a seven minute monologue. And it's unbelievable. Her performance, it's just, it's chilling. It's gripping. It's scary. It's like heartbreaking. It's incredible. Um, and I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. And then someone was like, oh, did you see Pearl? Because it has the exact same, you know, Pearl has like another like six minute monologue, slow push in. And I was like, man, this is the year of like strong female performances with seven minute long takes. Um, but yeah, uh, Resurrection is. Um, I recommend it. I do. I think it was it. The last 20 minutes of that movie, I'm not going to spoil anything, will kind of like make or break it for you. And like looking mm. back at it, I'm like, I don't know if I really want to rewatch it because of that, but it's worth it just to see her. She's incredible. That's yeah, she's one of the most talented people working today, I think. I think so. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I um, someday when I have time, hopefully over winter break here, I can watch some movies for pleasure <laughs> I mean, yeah I, and i'm hoping to get resurrection in um so yeah no i'm 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 looking forward to it um christine is there anything uh uh else that you would like to i guess uh plug or anything like that before we wrap up the episode today I mean, usually I would say, <clears throat> come find me on Twitter, but I don't know if I'm going to be there for much longer. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I guess come find me on Twitter. I'm at xteen underscore make peace, just the way it sounds. And uh, you can you can find my hive from there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, that sounds great. I highly recommend everyone check out Christine's writing, um, whether it's you know pieces on film or her short stories or her novel. Um, I think she's a really great writer. Um, I've been slowly working my way through uh, The Sound of Breaking Glass again, since I have so little time to actually read <laughs> physical books, which I purchased a physical copy. And uh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry because I'm blanking on the name of that first story, but the, the first one where the, the they buy they buy the um photo in at mm-hmm. the yard sale and then get trapped in it. I'm like, oh my god, it's terrifying. It was Thank terrifying. I, I thought appreciate- it was fantastic. Thanks. I appreciate what's, that. What's the name of that story? It's, I'm so sorry. Uh, for Magic Hour. It. Magic Hour. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was just like, oh, because it kind of like hits at the end. And I'm like, oh shit. And uh was like, that's absolutely scared the hell out of me. So congratulations. <laughs> Amazing. Happy to be of service. And um Look, it's hard to find them, but um, if you can find copies of Paracinema magazine, it really was such a phenomenal 
wonderful genre magazine that you put out and created and i can't thank you enough just as you know someone who wrote a couple pieces for it um just to you know giving me that my first publication credit but also just for your love of that type of film that got highlighted and giving a voice to so many other people and others who have gone on to do great things like adam cesari had written in that and he's got you know, climbing the cornfield too recently out now and everything. And it's just so great. And Justin, the Liberty, who we went to uh, film school with, you know, he wrote my number of pieces in that now. And now uh, was that vinegar syndrome, uh, vinegar, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm losing it here. And then is now like the head of OCN distribution there and everything. And, you know, none of that would have been possible without you creating that magazine. So I just want to give you my heartfelt thank you for doing that. And, um, uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful magazine that I, I wish was still going because it really was fan- fantastic. I really appreciate that. And I, I, I'm proud of all, I, I call everyone my kids, but I'm, it's not an age thing, but I'm proud of all my kids and everything that's happening for them. I, it was a great group of people that uh, a lot of people have gone on to do amazing things, you included. So I'm, I was honored that people would trust me with their work you know, considering we were a nothing little magazine that nobody had ever heard of. So I still appreciate people being that willing to just hand their stuff over to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was great hands to hand them over to because uh, I think you did a great job. And um, thank you so much again, Christine, for coming on and doing this episode. Um, Everybody listening, please tune in uh, next time with uh, TBD. We'll we'll figure out what we're going to do next, but just, you know, stay subscribed or something and then you'll, the the episode will just download for you. But uh, thank you so much, Christine. And uh, we'll see everybody next time. The song you heard in this episode is You Are a Monster by Monroeville Music Center. It's being used under a CCBY Creative Commons license and was accessed from freemusicarchive.org. If you'd like to hear more of Monroeville Music Center, you can find them on Bandcamp, their Facebook page, YouTube, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, Discogs, iHeartRadio, and Deezer. And hey, if you want to reach out and communicate with us, please send an email to horrordraftspod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at horrordrafts, all one word. We'd love to hear any questions you have for us, suggestions for topics to draft, or ideas for guests, especially if you can put us in touch with them. Thanks everyone, and we hope to hear from you soon.